Hi, everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley. And this is the Carpal Critics Movie Podcast, where today we are discussing the entire first season of Marvel's Loki. Can you believe it? It's how did you, how was it how was it for you? So much time to watch. Six hours. I, I know it was a pretty easy six hours to get through. It wasn't too. And laborious. it wasn't actually six hours. And we're sorry, everyone, that this is two Marvel things in a row, unless you love Marvel things, That's in true. which case, you're welcome. <laughs> a couple of announcements before we do the regular business. Uh, we are going to be on a new set soon, Ooh. which will matter not at all to the people who listen to the audio only podcast. Well, it might show. matter a little bit. But you can update your image of what yeah, this yeah, looks yeah. like. Yeah. I think that the audio should be a side grade for the most part. Yeah. I don't think it'll sound very different. Uh, it already sounds so good. But maybe we'll be more confident. But for you complainers <laughs> on YouTube who are always like, eh, the color grade is sucks. That's because we haven't cared. And, <laughs> and <laughs> when only... we move, uh, <laughs> then you can attack us because then we'll have no excuse. Eh, wait a couple months. Yeah, it's going to be a slow rollout, actually. When we move in there, which we're hoping is going to be next week, uh, it will be like 75% of its eventual final form. Um, right. But yeah, let's not dwell on that too long. Also, by the way, uh, you're going to change the name of this podcast. What? Oh! We've decided on a new name. But it we, makes so much sense called, already. We talk Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't even do that. We've decided on it. We aren't going to tell you right now. Yeah, you have to wait. And we're not going to explain the rationale right now. We explained it a little bit on Twitter already. So follow us at Carpool Critics. Very phallic name. But today... What? <laughs> Actually, not today. Ne uh, here's the announcement for next week. If you're the type of person who watches movies ahead of time, next week we are going to do the new Nicolas Cage movie called Pig. Pig? He's looking for his truffle pig. Oink, oink, Don't F with Nicolas Cage. That'll do, Pig. And uh, is it a, like a laughable, <laughs> like, oh, I'm only watching this because it's Nicolas Cage and it's a ridiculous movie? Or is it actually one of the best movies I've seen in the this year? Well, You'll you have to go to the theater and find out. You've already seen it. I watched it last night. Right. But today, <laughs> is that cheating? It's Loki all day. Okay. <laughs> Tell me later. David, what are you giving this season out of 10? Loki made me so mad at how much I liked it. Marvel knows what we want and gives it to us straight up. Fuck. Whoa. 8.3 out of 10. Jeez Louise. Wow. I, uh, that was like I, emotional. <laughs> honestly, I feel like mad at myself that I enjoy the show as much as I do. I'm like, I need to not like Marvel things. I'm sick of liking Marvel things so much. Are you saying like identity wise, you'd rather be the type of person who goes... Yeah, these Marvel movies, they're like roller coasters. They're not real cinema and they're, yeah. they're, they suck. Well, and it's its so easy to place like DC movies in your head where you're like, haha, I'm above these. I can laugh at them. Whereas Marvel movies, I'm like, no, there's actually like really good shit going on. Like, this is really clever. Fuck. With the amount of money they have, the writers they've attracted, they have Pixar, all the talent Everybody. they share. <sighs> okay, I'll save my rating, but uh, Riley, go. <laughs> Loki propels the MCU further into comic book weirdness with multiverses, character variants, and arguably autoeroticism but mm. also propels it into deeper character exploration and growth. It's good on both fronts. Uh, I give it an 8 out of 10. I had a great time, yeah. except for the last episode. Whoa. But we'll get into yes. that. Yes. Ooh. This is going to be great. This is going to be a great episode, everyone. Uh, Loki is a standalone series that most non-Marvel sci-fi fans would probably find as fun as it is thought-provoking, as long as you don't mind a few fight scenes. Um, <laughs> I'm giving it a 7 out of 10, which mm. is good. It's I recommend it to people, even if they're not Marvel fans. Maybe it'll turn some people. This is a good show. Yeah. It is. It's a really good jumping on point for the Marvel universe as well, because it's kind of like a soft reboot for everything. It resets the timeline. Yeah. Uh, and it's also like, you don't really need to know who Loki is to get it, because they do a good job explaining him. It's less episodes than the other ones, right? That's the same as Falcon. It's two less than one. Oh, it was only six for Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier? Yeah. I, that was a good length. 
It was it's perfect. It was. One division. I think my big flaw was that it felt like there was a lot of filler. They 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 stuck too much to the high concept idea of jumping through the decades. And so then there was episodes that didn't ex- need to exist story wise, but needed to exist for the high concept. Whereas this show fucking moves, man. Every episode I, after the first episode for me, every episode felt really important, really epic. And things were really changing. And I really liked it. I would agree with that, except for I believe it's episode three when they go to um, what's the planet that's Lamentus. Yeah, when they're on L- Lamentus. Yeah, one, that's fair. That's that episode fair. was the one that was like, seriously, my wife, please. It's actually pretty good. You might like it. And then it happened to be that one. It was just, ah, that episode was not uh, yeah, as good fair, as episode fair, one fair. and two. Fair. Really? That one's just like all character exploration, but I guess not much happens per se. They're just running away from meteors and yelling at each other. Yeah. Anyways, uh, there's another part of the show we're supposed to do. Oh. Our sponsor, oh. Private Internet Access VPN. They help you hide your true IP address so that you can bypass geo restrictions and censorship. You can connect up to 10 devices at once, and it includes an internet kill switch. I didn't have time to think if your VPN gets disconnected <laughs> involuntarily. PIA gets PIA is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even as a Chrome extension. So check it out at lmg.gg slash carpool critics. I'm laughing because I keep thinking like that was a Nexus event. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you're gonna get pruned now, Riley. Yeah, you're well, supposed I mean, like, to have a kill switch. I don't even remember what the prune sound effect is. This is like <laughs> Yeah, digital deletion. But, but, it's the, but it's not even it's deletion. But it's not even deletion. What a just, twist. Well, well, even in computers, when you delete something or overwrite something, it's, it's still it, there. It has to get moved. That's true. Does it get moved or does it get disintegrated? When you overwrite something on... We have on, to watch Tron to find out. Or Tech Quickie. When you, when you overwrite <laughs> something on an SSD, it, it gets moved somewhere else. I thought then, they just deleted the address. Yeah, well, what? Okay, it depends <laughs> what you're talking about. And then the file doesn't get any mail anymore. It, what it really does is it just says, hey, your this address is now up for rewriting uh, new I stuff see. on it. I see. This is a great way to start this yeah, episode yeah, yeah. on a Nobody ridiculous cares. tangent. <laughs> hey, want to remember what happened in the show? The synopsis? Yeah. Okay. After the Battle of New York in Avengers 1, a defeated Loki grabs the Space Stone and teleports away, only to be arrested by the Time Variance Authority for creating an alternate timeline. Learning of his own future actions and death at the hands of Thanos, Loki agrees to help TVA agent Mobius hunt down another Can Loki. You say his variant. full name? Mobius M. Mobius? Yes. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> Loki deduces the variant must be hiding near apocalyptic events to avoid affecting the timeline, and he finally finds her, a female Loki variant who calls herself Sylvie and wishes to overthrow the TVA. The two Lokis become trapped on a doomed moon and form a romantic bond, creating a branched timeline and leading to their recapture by the TVA. Loki and Sylvie end up being pruned, sending them to to a dimension called the Void, where a massive cloud-like creature called Eliath devours any survivors. But with the help of more Loki variants, Loki and Sylvie enchant Eliath, which opens a portal to the Citadel at the end of time. Of course, where they meet He Who Remains, a scientist from the future who created the TVA. He presents two choices, kill him and throw the timeline into chaos, or take his job. Loki pleads with Sylvie to stop, but after kissing him, she sends Loki through a portal and kills he who remains, allowing the timeline to branch into an infinite multiverse. Loki finds himself back at TVA headquarters, but it's not the one he remembers. <gasps> that was a kind of a cool reveal, that I guess. really cool. I like how it's done, too. And I left a lot out of that synopsis because there's a lot of details in this and a lot of branching timelines and like I didn't even mention Judge Renslayer or the Timekeepers or Miss Minutes, Hunter B-15. But like, man, it's a deep show. It's a very complicated show. Did you guys have any trouble like keeping up with all the details and what's going on? No, except for there's one thing that I believe is actually unclear. I had to look this up. 
I was sitting there like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> if there's one sacred timeline, then how are there even multiple Lokis? Because that could only occur in a multiverse. So what the hell's going on with that? So wait, then, oh, but yeah. I, I looked up, you know, this question, and there's lots of discussion being like, okay, yeah, 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 it's a sacred timeline, but instead of it being like a string, it's like a rope made up of multiple strings. Mm. So it's a multiverse, but within each verse. There's only one timeline, and I'm like, okay. Oh wait, wait, wait. I guess the show must work this way. I don't think that's right. But okay, we'll talk about it. But I've looked at the source material. I've seen people quote like what Miss Minute says. Yeah, and it actually doesn't really clearly address <laughs> this. Okay, so the way that I understood it was that there's one timeline. So and and so one universe. Instead of a multiverse, there is just the universe. Uh, but every time one of these nexus events occurs, it creates a branching timeline. This is how they're they're establishing that like time travel and like this stuff works in the MCU. So every time a branch timeline is created, every person in that universe is a variant of the timeline that it branched off of. So to prevent that from happening, they prune those branches by setting those reset charges. Um, but sometimes the variants from that universe escape, and so that's why we have variants. So like. The the reason that there are all, there are all these variants is because they the TVA goes and captures the variant before they prune the timeline. They find the variant that caused the Nexus event. Yeah, sure, but if yeah. that's the case, then how could one of those variants be a crocodile? Oh, because they all got pruned. What do you mean? Like how? Okay, so let's say it's Loki, and then he does something he's not supposed to do, so it makes a Nexus event. So how does that? Variant looks so different. Wouldn't they all just look the exact same? I thought oh. that, I thought that it was like the sacred timeline isn't just like literally one timeline. It's like a a, a road, and as long as you're kind of following that road and your close your timeline's close enough, you're not pruned. But as soon as you diverge far <laughs> enough, wait, yeah, because it. it could be it could be that there was a uh, universe that went on like completely by the script, but it's just that everyone was crocodiles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then that that crocodile Loki got pruned when that crocodile yeah. Loki did something. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's, that's how it. I thought. That's, that's how I thought. Because that's the thing that he who remains is uh, wary about is inter. Uh, interdimensional warfare right so right. i think as long as each universe stays in its lane yep. we're good so that's i think the tva is like okay this this parallel universe is doing its thing and this one's doing its thing yep. as long as none of them deviate we're oh. good yeah okay as soon so because there's like even time travel within each one right he's they're allowing in the main timeline of the mcu they're allowing all this time travel back that the avengers are doing like that's all all cool you're allowed to go back now i mean even mess with yourself that's fine as long as it's what we allow. Well, but the, yeah, they they but every time they go back in time, it's because of a nexus event being triggered. So then they they undo the nexus event when they go back. They prune it. Okay, they, sure. They prune the branch. I I really like in the show the amount of like time travel and dimensional jumping they do. It never feels like it's too much that I get tired of it, but each time it happens, it's so fun and exciting the way they're doing. Like each new Loki is so exciting to discover mm. like what their quirk is. Like, I, I love that episode yeah. when there's, like, all the different Lokis, but I also, like, love the way that, like, they're chasing Sylvie through the different apocalypses. Like, that scene when they go back to Pompeii, I love that. Yeah. That was awesome. He starts, like, like speaking Roman. Yeah. Or I guess, yeah, it would have Roman. Latin oh, okay. Wouldn't be Latin? I guess, yeah, Latin. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking, would it be Greek? I'm like, no, they're in Italy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. And I loved, uh, that was another um, opportunity. One of the many opportunities in the show for Loki and uh, Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, to have their, like, sick... They have great chemistry. Such good the chemistry. The back and forth banter was yeah. so great in this. He's, oh, he, man. He remained Owen Wilson yeah. without doing a single wow. 
wow. I know, I know, and I think he should have done a wow no, in a final episode. Honestly, no. I was like kind of worried when I saw Owen Wilson was Same. in it because I'm like, um, they're just putting Owen Wilson in it because he's Owen Wilson and he's and gonna want, be Owen yeah. Wilson. But he was so good. He's he played so the, good. like the character worked so well yeah. with that whole environment. Like they're doing this whole like I don't know '50s inspired sort of. Uh, government bureaucracy yeah. aesthetic and he's just kind of like yeah that's the way it works we gotta fill out the paperwork yeah. and i don't know man i love that 70s bureaucracy thing oh, the it's so yes. cool i love how they decided it's gonna be a shitty bureaucracy yeah i <laughs> see i to me, i don't like it on a certain level what? i think that it really works once you decide to go with that it's like all right they did a really good job with it but i i i don't love when there's like a cosmic uh, organization type of thing and it's like instead of being this like mind blowing uh, otherworldly thing it's just it literally just is like people using actual pencils and paper instead of like some and like their computers all look like the old computers instead of like super futuristic crazy cosmic I really thing. like what it what what it means within the universe once you understand the he who shall remain what's his name he, he who he, remains he who remains he's behind it all and like that's how he understands how to keep order is this bureaucracy mm. bureaucracy and so kind of like recontextualize it i love the aesthetic of it i think the yes. aesthetic is 10 out yeah. of 10 it's so good looking that 70s like halfway between kind of overlook Marxist. yeah it's like halfway between like overlook hotel and like brazil like the yeah. movie brazil oh, and it's I seen that. so it's so jaw-dropping some of those shots like that one room they keep going back to that has like all the lights oh, yeah it's fantastic like i said that once they decide to go with it i love yeah. it but um yeah. yeah i like it too i mean maybe you're talking about hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy kind of style yeah, and the, I, the thing is, it's made by he who remains, and we learn that he's just a human. So he's right. like David said, creating this thing that other, all, all the variants who work there, they were human. So yeah. this yeah. is something all humans understand. That so does make a sense. bit more sense yeah. uh, to me. I hadn't thought about it that way. I, and it's also for the viewer, it's something we understand. Yeah, the dread of being like, oh no, there's just they have all these papers. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm in the no. DMV forever. <laughs> he goes in the room, and the guy's like, "Can you sign here to make to, to uh, affirm that this is everything you've ever said or done?" And he's like what? And then they print out <laughs> another sheet. And I think though, like to get the weird stuff, you have to ground it in some kind of reality. And because it's right. like recognizable, but different, it, it like it's grounded, but it it's elevated. And so it allows your imagination to go elsewhere with the yeah. other kind of weirder things. So for me, it, it really works as like a setting uh, to ground. Yeah. Your, your imagination so yeah. that they can expand it in and, other ways. And we're in a visual medium of film. So like, what the hell are we going to do if it's like, yeah, his consciousness kind of disembodies itself and then it's floating <laughs> in this yeah. void and they're interacting. Turn into no, clouds. Like, what yeah. are you looking at then? Right. I totally get it. I totally get yeah. it. And it, and it, it is a, like a necessary thing they have to do. It, it kind of, it, uh, I want to draw a parallel to control the game. Oh, a hundred percent. It's sort of like a beer. I love the juxtaposition of, uh, bureaucracy and like, complete otherworldly cosmic horror type of stuff like they're walking down the hallway in the in the headquarters and they look out the window and it's just like it's uh endlessly complex metropolis that doesn't even make physical sense like things are upside down and sideways yep. and it's like uh I, I forget what what uh person that is that made those illustrations where it's like a paradoxical escher escher yeah it's like that yeah um so i do i do love that juxtaposition i think it for something like control, I, I accept it a little bit more because it's like, okay, these are humans just trying to make sense of it, but the TVA is like created by these fa super fast, uh, super advanced people. I wish, I, I, I hear what you're saying because I wish that there was like kind of more like inside of the TVA impossible geometry. Yeah. Kind of like weird things where like the, they walk through a room and then like end up somewhere and like it doesn't make sense, but right. like that's just how this place works. Uh, and I think they could have done maybe like a little bit more with that, but I, I think that the show moves at such a clip that I didn't, 
crave it while I was watching it. It's more an especially after if thing. that was a lineup. If they were in a queue, that was just endless. Like yeah, that. yeah. Like because I I got some DMV vibes. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's even got a low budget a little bit. What? But, 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 <laughs> I was about what? to say the opposite. No, no, no. no. Yeah. But, but, but like, as in the choice, as in the choice to make uh, this crazy cosmic, mind-blowingly cosmic horror thing set in like a boring bureaucra- bureaucratic thing is like a choice that a low-budget thing would make. Like, but fringe. the thing is, though, we learned that everyone who works at the TVA is a prisoner, mm-hmm. and so right. the structure they work in should be like a form of servitude, like corporate yeah. servitude prison. Yeah. So I like that more. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit th- about that because I feel like the slow reveal of information was paced very well. Yeah. It really kept me engaged. Like we learn at some point that, I, I, had, to, I had to prune it out of the synopsis, but, <clears throat> but we, we learn at some point that all of the TVA agents are variants that they all believe that they were just created by the timekeepers to hold up the sacred timeline, but we learned that they were all variants that were stolen from t- their own timelines. Yeah. It was a great reveal. But why did you, they were all so mad to find that out. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe I have a different brain, but I was like, why does that change anything? Well, I think it's like, if, if if your entire spiritual belief was based around a truth mm. of like, they created me, and then you find out like, no, that's not real. Absolutely. I think it'd be like a fundamental shift of like, all of all that you believe, all your yeah. values now are pulled into question. Because yeah. they're all so uh, evangelical. With, right. Like, we believe in the cause, and if the, yeah. if there's a, a hole in that yeah. canvas, yeah, then and they're I'm, like fanatical, yeah. which yeah. is like it it works because the timekeepers are kind of set up as 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 like God basically, and there's three of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that <laughs> scene when uh, Loki's kind of criticizing Mobius for his stupid beliefs, and then yeah. Mobius is like, "What do you believe? You believe in like Asgardian gods? Yeah. Like what the fuck do you believe?" Like it all sounds, and he that was a great the exact line. He's just like, if you boil it all down to like the simplest idea, it all sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. No, it that really was does. a that was a great scene because they were also talking about like order and chaos and free will. I was yeah. like, I was actually kind of taken aback by a conversation that like dug into philosophical concepts that deep in the middle of this like <laughs> fun Marvel show. I was like, nice. Oh, it's yeah. even better than that. Uh, go, circling back for a second, I think a bigger reason almost that the TVA are offended that that their variance is because then they don't have free will. Because right. because they're out of time, they're kind of the only ones with free will. Because yeah. they talk about everyone on the ground on Earth being like, you have free will. You can choose to do whatever you want to do, but if you choose the wrong thing, you get pruned. So yeah, <laughs> one version of you has real free will. Yeah, yeah free will is everyone else doesn't. I just think on like a really basic level, they believe in what they're doing wholeheartedly, and if they find out that one of the pillars of that belief is based on a lie, then it's like, oh, what else is a lie? Yeah. So I mean. We it's like learned, when you find it a mistake. Yeah. You know. And it's weird. We find out later that um, I'm confused about why he who remains did, didn't just tell them that it was him and not the timekeepers. But we'll, we'll get to that later. But I was going to draw a parallel to like Christianity. A lot of people in Christianity don't believe in evolution. And so they go to school and they learn that evolution is, oh, it's basically, is probably true. Like it's ba- yeah. almost certainly it's, it's like a thing that happened. But it's a theory. And so they're like, wait, but I was told my whole life that this isn't true. And then they just like leave. Yep. Um, so it's like, as, if you just, if you learn that one thing is not true, then you're like, all right, I'm just going to yeah. throw the whole thing I th- out. I love the journey that B-15 goes on, like where she's kind of like the, probably the biggest embodiment of like the, the disillusionment with the religion. Because Mobius gets disillusioned, but it's pretty quick. He like kind of turns around and he's like, yeah, this is all fake. The show doles it out like as if you were a participant with her, where you don't know that the Time Lords are robots, right? And then they get their head chopped off, and yeah. it's a fucking robot, and you're like, "Excuse me." That was an awesome mid series escalation thing, yeah. where like 
the whole they they hype them up. Yeah. You see them in smoke for yeah. like a second in one episode, and then you finally get to go up there, and then it's like boom, this is yeah. bigger than you ever thought. You know what's, yeah. what's so, so funny? Sad. I like what? Did, yeah, what was your guys' reaction there? Were you like, oh my gosh, they're robots? Yeah. Well, the the second the head rolls, I was like, like I just was, I had no idea. And then she says like, oh, they're robots. It's so. just confusion. Yeah. Because I think going in, I was like, all right, this is Marvel. Yeah. They're never they 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 really, with the exception of Thanos, who. I guess even seemed a bit more human. Like in the comics, we have these like crazy cosmic gods. I love that. And they have these crazy silly robes with spiky things and jewels and like blah, blah, blah. They look so ridiculous. They look so comic booky. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point has really made an attempt to kind of ground these beings. Like, hey, if these cosmic beings existed, what could they look like? Uh, Thanos isn't going to be wearing this like shiny, jewelly armor. Yeah. He's going to be, he looks like a warlord from space, yep. st- straight up like we might expect him to look. So I expected them to do the timekeepers a little bit in that vein. Like I expected yeah. them to subvert our expectations a little bit. But then we show up and they're like, I'm like, <laughs> this literally just looks book. like the timekeepers from the comics. Yeah, they almost look kind of Dr. Seussy to me, their yeah. faces. Yeah, they yeah, look like kind of silly. Your lip is a mustache. Yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah, exactly. So as soon as I saw them, I'm like, this, there's, there's something, something weird on. here. Yeah. I don't know. And so then when it was re- the reveal that they're robots, I was like, oh, okay, there it is. Yeah. But uh, I was also confused. But yeah, I think that's sad for you. Because yeah, like for bit. me, if I see that shit, I'm like, yes, they're finally going for it. It's like when in, uh, is it Superman? The, the Zack Snyder Superman? Is that called uh, Superman? No, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. When the first like 20 minutes of that movie where they're just like riding dragons yeah, and shit, like, I'm yeah. like, yes, Take me there. <laughs> finally. Yeah. No, but see, yeah, and I love that too, but I think that like, this I would expect- undercutting that. Yeah, I would expect Marvel, like they looked kind of goofy. Yeah. and I would I would expect, like the Krypton scene, it looks wild, but it's it's cool. It's like mind-blowingly cool. And this is just kind of like, you literally just look like you made an animatronic based off the comic book page. Well, and that's, yeah, that's what they're going for. I think storytelling wise, they're trying to like communicate that like, this isn't the real deal. Right. Uh, but it kind of undercuts the idea. Cause like, yeah, I, I do want that. I want the crazy cosmic shit. And like, we don't quite get it here. Like we get some of it. I think like the the final scene or like the final like location where he who remains is, I think it's a really cool location, but it's like not celestial in the way that I think I hope they can reach for. Mm. And I think the robots, because they undercut it uh, purposefully, it feels like they just never reach that celestial level. That so well, we do really need to think about the for. budgets. This That's is a TV, this That's is a fair. it seems like a high budget TV Very show. Like budget. when they were on Lamentis, that looked awesome. They must have used those like mini LED walls. Mm. Probably, yeah. It yeah. looked so sweet. There's some really bad blue screen stuff where like you can see that they're like comped in but uh, oh, yeah. most of it's very good yeah i thought it was pretty good but but they are in a very nice mansion location which is a great location so or cool. set with all the cracks too filled in with gold like yeah. what's i don't know what that that's called like that art style in japan where like you take broken things and wabi sabi yeah like that's such a <laughs> i know everything today bitches <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah. Is it, it's called wabasabi wabi sabi yeah wabi sabi yeah that literally thing. sounds like somebody's making up a, a japanese well, it's, word it's, it's that, cool because it's like it communicates something because it isn't the idea behind wabi sabi is that things are made more beautiful by their brokenness <laughs> yeah and it's basically. like it is that's a really cool idea to put into this idea that like right this this end of the time is more made more beautiful by its brokenness by, by the journey by the journey yeah i think that's such a cool Damn, little visual dude. cue and it just looks really fucking good okay but one thing when we were shown in episode four or five that the timekeepers were just an illusion and what you thought was the big bad ain't real i was like that is great like that's great writing that's, yeah. that's yeah in a great story that should happen but ultimately i was let down that the real answer was basically the same thing except a do from Earth. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Like, actually, no, what the TVA told you is 
is legit. It is the sacred timeline. There is someone who's controlling it all. The only difference really is instead of these three aliens doing it, it just happened to be a guy who lived in the past exactly. and, and with science got here. But it, it, otherwise, it's the same. Yeah. It just seemed like, like such a weird like second reveal that was unnecessary. To like, me, because when that happened, when they were dead, I was like, what could this be? Yeah. Are they inside a mind? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. A, a to whole me, it, an illusion? To me, it, it read, I, I kind of got a vibe that he was doing it for himself, whereas the TBA, because they're godlike figures, it's more like a celestial thing whereas i found it interesting the angle that he's like i'm doing this to protect the timeline but really i'm doing it to empower myself that i'm at the end of the world i am i am god but not exactly because he said like i don't care what happens you guys can take over my job yeah but i think that's just because he's been doing it for millennia and he's just like totally but like i mean obviously there is a authoritarian element there where you know he's saying i'm dictating what uh what the script is or whatever but i think that i really didn't get i didn't get like a villain vibe from him like, I know that he's like, we're all villains here, and he's supposed to represent this guy, uh, Kang the Conqueror in the comics, who there's all, like a million variants of him yeah. as well, and people are like, this is actually more like the Immortus uh, <laughs> variant. Sure. Uh, uh, but... And I, so he's supposed to be this this villain from the comics, but I didn't I didn't, I didn't, didn't feel that way. I, I feel like the, he just seemed like a guy. I think that's what I kind of... I, I didn't like him at first, but by the end of the conversation, how excited he is about what's happening with Sylvie and Loki, I kind of came around on him, and I'm excited about what the future of that character could be because like really this isn't the end of him this is the start of him mm. and it's like you they showed us the nicest version of him the one that was like maybe the most benevolent version yeah. and now we're going to get the conquering version right and like we'll have some kind of weird history that's twisted by the fact that it's a different reality and i think that's a cool setup that they have vision for for the end of phase four totally no i, I am excited by that to see like different variants of that character but I got, man, okay. What do you guys think about, so that, what's his name? Jonathan Majors? Yep. What do you think about his performance? Because I loved the character. I love, I mean, I don't love the fact that they show up at this, like, you were saying that it didn't seem that, like, celestial at the end. I thought it seemed super celestial because okay. they're, like, walking in. We see, like, the the timeline itself in a ring around the that citadel. Was cool. That was like, really big, there's, like, epic zoom. Yeah. The, the, kind of zoom. They're inside and they're being lit by, like, the nebula from outside. It's just, like, I was like, whoa, this is like super, I feel like I'm at the end of and time. And yet, and yet, this is a nitpick, uh, Sylvie is just like, oh, his name is, he, is, he has remained, or he, he who remains, yeah. and then Sylvie's like, not for long, and she's just gonna, <laughs> they're in this setting. I'm gonna kick him in the chest. And she's gonna like stab a guy. <laughs> that was weird. In the well, elevator like, too. Such hubris. I was yeah. like, shut up. I love that. We should get back to that Loki, later there's though. There's lots to get back to. Sil- I mean, yeah, we haven't even talked about Loki or Sylvie or any of that, but Jeez, um, yeah. so it feels celestial, and then it's like a subversion of your expectations because it's actually just kind of a guy and he can teleport. But other than that, he's not really like a, uh, inducing awe or anything. You know, he's just, I'm just a kind of a crazy guy. And, <laughs> so and, quirky. Yes, I'm a quirky guy yeah. at the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I like, I, I don't love the subversion, but I like the, once they decide that's the direction, okay, uh, cool. I like the character. Mm-hmm. I don't like his performance. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't like his it performance. It took me a couple minutes to warm up to it. Because I, I felt at the beginning, I'm like, oh, they're like, this subversion isn't really doing anything for me. And because it's supposed to be like the ultimate climax of the yeah. show, it felt kind of disappointing. But by the end of it, I was, I, I just found, I would find my, I just found myself charmed by him uh, in a mm. way where I, I enjoyed how he was reacting to things. Because the scene really wasn't about him. It was about Sylvie and Loki. Yeah. And when it, when the scene kind of changes to the, that focus, uh, then his kind of quirkiness really added for me. You know, honestly, like, I don't know what it is, pers- like, exactly, but I just, when I'm watching him, I think I just was seeing an actor. I was seeing an actor 
do a quirky character and really he was having fun with it, sure. you know, but I just didn't believe that this was this character. I believed I, w- I was just seeing Jonathan Majors. I wasn't seeing he who remains. And I, I don't mm. know what exactly that is, but mm. maybe it has to do with the fact that he's kind of trickster like. And he's like eating an apple while he talks to you and he's sitting on the desk and he's all like, woo. Honestly, a big thing I think was just his like mode of speaking. Like he kind of had like a little bit of a, like a speech thing, like a lisp. Did he have an accent? On. Like I feel like once in a while he would like dip into an accent. It seemed, yeah, he was like half doing like an upper class American, <laughs> like mid-Atlantic, dipping into British sometimes with some of the words, but not really. Yeah. And yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I feel, I he didn't sound very sophisticated. Yeah. I did find myself distracted by him. I will admit. That yeah, for sure. I don't know. I, it's 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 tough. And maybe maybe he will totally grow on me. And I, I, so. I am really excited. To, everyone talks about him being like this really good performer. I haven't seen From him Love in anything. Country. Oh, okay. He's very good. I want to I want to watch that. But it's um, it's weird for him to have that kind of trickster vibe when that's what Loki is, and he should be the opposite of Loki. Yeah. Because the I think ho- that's what rubbed me the wrong way too. Because I'm like, this is like too many characters Which, are the same thing here. I wanted to go back and talk about how awesome it is that they just from like an outlining perspective like stepping way back like what is the adversary of the show loki what should that be right and the ultimate answer to that is order it should be order yeah Yeah. what is loki like if if like what is a loki if a loki can be a crocodile and a kid (laughs) yeah and a and a woman and a and an english white man what is what unifies all these lokis and it's just like his role in the universe is chaos is chaos Chaos. so for the ultimate adversary to be like it's an ordered universe where there's no real free will uh that was the best well and it's such an interesting turn for him at the end to fight to protect order like at the end when he's like whoa whoa, whoa, we don't want to kill him yeah yeah. that's that's like a weird kind of backwards growth where he's like like chaos or it's not even backwards growth it's just growth where like he's fighting to defend order over chaos even though his entire life has been all about chaos yeah and that was a really a big twist for me really because i thought when they were given the choice between free will and allow all the different branches and at least just be we're just going to be optimistic that uh, you know we're going to stop there being an interdimensional war that could happen but we're going to be optimistic and, and uh, appeal to the better angels of our nature and that's not going to happen yeah. and we're going to take that chance to be free right and that's like the american answer to this <laughs> yeah. show and that's what you expect to happen yeah. but yeah. instead this character was they decided you know what's better um more change for the character yeah right and i think that they uh, that's they did that for a reason and it's kind of a- opposite to what we normally see with like we talked in the Black Widow episode these iconic characters who never change because you want to see Captain America be Captain America for yeah. all time but I think with Loki they're kind of like okay uh, we made this villain decade ago yeah. in these movies turns out tested very well with the audiences <laughs> they want to see more of this villain yeah. how can we make him into a hero yeah. so then they he actually does have an arc does change a lot and throughout the whole show he's basically going from the, the dramatic question of the show is can i change right like even from early episodes uh, i think the owen wilson character is asking him you know um maybe he's tired of playing the same part is that possible can he change yeah yeah only if the timekeepers make it so so then and i, mm. I love that owen will like owen wilson presenting those questions it just sounds so owen wilson like it's a question like what if this happens you know is it possible is that possible i'm yeah. an idea man i yeah. have an enthusiasm yeah, yeah. imagine so- imagine if that could happen yeah. what what inspired casting because like I, if i was a casting director i would be so afraid of casting owen wilson and right. like a show you want people to get into yeah but man it's 
perfect. But the, like the, Man, the, even when he just calls Loki on his shit, when like yeah. Loki does that big speech, Loki. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like, oh, I need to like I need to be guaranteed my like my safety, and I need to see the timekeepers, and he's like, oh, you almost had me. Owen Wilson yeah. is like a father who can be who can reprimand you and punish you, but you know he still loves you. Yeah, 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 totally. I, I wrote one of my favorite quotes between them is Loki's like, I'd never stab anyone in the back. That's such a boring form of betrayal. <laughs> and Mobius is like, Loki, I've seen all your files. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. <laughs> I'd never do it again. Because <laughs> it got boring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love uh, it. Uh, what were we talking about, though? We were talking I mean, about Loki and Sylvie at the end of time. I loved the fact that Loki is kind of like, wait, 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 hold on. Let's think about this. Let's yeah. not be rash, you know? And Sylvie kind of represents the younger Loki that we meet mm. who who got captured at the Battle of New York. And I think that the the contrast uh between Sylvie and Loki kind of represents that sort of early Loki and like late Loki. Like the Loki that we we have at the end of this show has gone through this journey, has sort of like cho- chosen or or seen the value of uh being a good guy to to for for lack of a better term. And Sylvie is still like on her path of revenge, right? And which, because it's a strong instinct. Her yeah. entire life was stolen from this her. This is connected to a couple of things. I was thinking, um, number one, in the early half of the show, when you when Loki thinks they're just chasing Loki, uh, which yeah. they are, um, it's smart to have the adversary of the show also be Loki because he yeah. is a bad guy. He's yeah, a villain, yeah. so the yeah. bad guy should be him. But yeah. he's also the protagonist. Um, but then the second point is. A lot of the major beats in this show happen with Sylvie. Yeah. Mm. Like, particularly the climax. And one of the, if you're trying to identify who the protagonist is, who's present at the climax is one of the checkboxes, right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of her. So, the, But then she also is Loki. So right. no matter which way you cut it, Loki is the main character of the show. Yeah, yeah. and I, I love that this show is so weird that it allows yeah. for those possibilities. It's the, oh, Loki's the good guy and the bad guy and uh, side characters and everything. What do you guys think about the kind of angle that uh, the episode when it's revealed that Sylvie was like pruned just basically just because she was a girl? Um, hey, what's up with that? Is that what it's saying? I think so. And I think it's kind of a mild expression of uh, like male privilege because they kind of talk a little bit about that in Cro- that episode. Crocodile privilege. <laughs> crocodile privilege. <laughs> but I, I wonder if that kind of plays into the finale too where she feels like without her, like without free will, she would just be pruned. And like she is, yeah, she's being punished for order and so she needs to break it and have free will to like be able to experience life outside of uh this persecution whereas loki as things are has a pretty good life yeah. and, and so like she's yeah she has to fight for survival whereas he's yeah just, she, she's this victim of this like systemic tva yeah where it's like i did nothing tell me what i did yeah. and that again right. is very kafkaesque do like, they yeah, even, do they even right? say at well, some point what her next Ren Slayer, was? doesn't she just say i forget i don't remember yeah that's right i don't think no, they I, ever say it i don't I mean, I don't want to say right off the bat that she was pruned because she's a female Loki. If that I were think... true, wouldn't, that, wouldn't she be pruned at birth? Maybe. And yeah. I, I, I might be wrong. I... But to me, like, there's uh, in that episode in particular, it kind of felt like that was kind of like a little bit of the right. underlying thing. Maybe I'm bringing it in with me. But... I think that's kind of one of the underlying mysteries of, of like what her Nexus event was. I think that kind of like would make that's another like kind of mystery box that they're holding back that yeah, might this, make it be the, season two. the character yeah. interesting. Yeah. I heard a theory that like she was playing like the toys that she was playing with were was like a dragon and a Valkyrie, so maybe she decides to be a Valkyrie instead of like uh, Princess Loki or whatever. Yeah. And the camera did hold on the toys. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a theory. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but I but I think that all of that analysis is still valid about like 
she was the victim of this oppressive authoritarian system and uh, now she's fighting back again and she has to prove something, yeah. you know? Um, I like that she has that drive the entire show. Because yeah. Loki is there kind of being like, like, uh, I don't know. He, he's 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 always been sort of like, the, I'm going to hang back in the background and like just try to like mess things up where yeah. I can. He made a big play for the ruler of Earth or whatever, yeah, but yeah, now yeah. that kind of fell through. So now he's just kind of like, oh, I'm seeing what's going on. Yeah. But she is like driven. She is like, I have this goal. I'm definitely going to do this. And well, she has a plan because he, yeah. he's always like, oh, I'm, I'm going to ascend. it's a glorious purpose like when yeah Yeah. when he's like you want to be a king or he's like it's not that i want to be a king i was born to be a king he's like okay okay what do you want to be the king of ever i forget what he says there but it's like i love those discussions between mobius and loki where they're like breaking down the character it's so great yep like uh did you guys feel like it was a bit contrived the way that they brought loki up to speed on the development of the previous like this is a different loki this isn't the same loki that we've watched throughout all these oh just like the video screen showing the history uh it's fine i think for me the weakest episode is the first one because it's just like exposition dump central and i was like okay yeah yeah this is cool stuff but like let's get to the story uh and so that stuff it's like okay that's the most efficient way to get there it's fine but i i did not enjoy oh really that episode i thought i i i thought because they had to do it. Yeah. They had, and yeah. and there is a sense where you're watching you're like okay this is all exposition but I feel like I just found the soup, the exposition really really great because uh in all these Marvel properties there's so much next location next location we got to go well so and so's time the bomb all right how are you going to get there you got to use your special suit and blah 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 and and uh just to have a moment where we're going to have two characters sit down at a table and just talk yeah. about who they are. I'm like great. Love it. Let's dive in. Like who the heck is Loki? Yeah. We've we've watched Loki for ten years in these movies, and we still don't really we haven't really dived into yeah. his character. It's really a conversation with the audience too. Yeah, yeah, that's like, fair. Look at him being really evil back at the at that part. Yeah, is that who you really are? Right. And you're sitting on the couch being like, "Well, I don't know, is he? he Why yeah, don't you tell me, Disney Plus?" This this kind of inspired me to go back and watch the first Thor. I didn't so I I, I didn't wa- I didn't sit down and watch it, but I kind of put it on with I was like playing with the baby or whatever, sure. and. I was like, oh, this is like this Loki is like, he's really like, I'm the dark prince and I'm I'm scheming yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, man, this is a lot different than the Loki we see at the end of Endgame where he's kind of more like, oh, I'm sort of an anti-hero character. Yeah. yeah. But at the beginning, in the, my prep for Black Widow, there, I saw a scene between him and Natasha where it's almost like a Silence of the Lambs scene where he's in prison and she's not. And oh, that's in uh, Avengers. Yeah. And it's like way darker. He's way yeah. more evil. Yeah. He's yeah. being a dick. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so, he's so that's the Loki. Like at the end of that movie, that's who we start with, and we get to the by the end, he's like emotionally intelligent, you know, wanting the best for the universe type of like it's like a huge, huge. Change. Well, the other part of it was, uh, will you ever be alone? Another theme right. they kept mm-hmm. hitting on, right? And that was the, the big. That was why the big branch event happened when they held hands, right? At the, at, on Lamentus, right? Choosing to, he's going to change, and maybe he. That change will be something likable that yeah. someone wants to spend time with. The romance. How'd you guys feel? I didn't really realize it was a romance sort until of right at the end. Yeah. Seems one sided. You can sense it from him more than her. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought so. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really yeah, I just didn't connect with the, the romance. I connect very much with their like relationship and like the the way that they're changing each other and like mm. how they're connecting. Uh 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the romance was necessary, but it's also interesting where it's kind of an, like a it is a masturbatory thing, I guess. It is. It's kind of interesting. But it's kind of perfect because like Loki's That's kind of narcissistic. Loki. Totally. So it's like if he's going to fall in love with yeah. anybody, it's, it's probably himself. Well, I, I like too that they make it official that he's the first queer uh, Marvel character. Is he? Yeah. Like is officially? He, well, yeah, he's he's uh, like pansexual, I guess, but he's also well, yeah, he, gender fluid. Right. Well, in the comics, he's definitely gender fluid. Yeah. I, they don't confirm in this one that he's... I mean, I'm sure that he is canonically or whatever. I, I read something after that they confirmed that he's gender fluid. In the show? In the show. Where? I can't remember. Oh, okay. uh, I, I read this post. I, I missed the detail too, but oh, I don't okay. watch with subtitles. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's a 2013 comic where he says uh, their culture of Asgard, they don't have sexual orientation. Right. They just have sexual acts. I knew that in the comics so that he's technically fluid. would mean that Thor is also a pansexual and bi. Everybody's pansexual and bi in Bruce Asgard, come on over. He's buddy. got long hair, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Louise. No, that was kind of cool. Yes, I mean, it was like a very, very yeah. like, uh, like throwaway line almost, where it's just like, I'm sure you've had some princesses or whatever, or princes, and he's yeah. like a little bit of both. Yeah. It was very throwaway line, yeah. even though it was like everyone had to just pause it after that and be like, did they just? Yeah. Did they? Well, no, just? honestly. So I was talking, to, I was talking to a conservative friend of mine who's like a huge Marvel fan, and he was like, he's like, uh, yes, duh. Yeah. I'm like, so like Loki's by, eh? And he's like, uh, duh. Like in the comics, he he straight up uh, shapeshifts into a female, gives birth to people. Yeah, like it's a it, he doesn't he doesn't care. Everything's yeah. everything's fair game with with Loki. So yeah, I don't right. think it's that uh, crazy. I think uh, also uh, in terms of just representation, I think actually Valkyrie also was by. Oh yeah, they cut, they cut some scenes. I see. I, I, see. W- I was like, there's some. I feel like there's been something, but yeah. So this it, is the so first like confirmed. in Ragnarok. There's like a flashback where she's saving another Valkyrie who's female. Yeah, and that scene like that was meant to be her lover. Uh, in the oh comics. no, but you're right. They, they, it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, explicit. explicit. That's right. The the thing that they cut was a scene where they're in her quarters or something, and some like naked lady like, walks out, like sure. implying that yeah. they had spent the night yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, in in Thor: Love and Thunder, it's gonna be they're gonna confirm it. Or Yes, yeah, weird. I can't um, believe Natalie Portman's back. It's gonna be weird. I want to like. I think the <laughs> the chemistry between the three main people is like phenomenal. Yeah. Like Sylvie, it's funny. I didn't love Sylvie right at first, and I was like, "Is that really like the male counterpart to Tom Hiddleston?" Right. But then by the end, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's fucking." Low I thought key. she was. Yeah, she yeah. was good. She's there were so good. There were definitely times where I was like, "Wait, she should be more Loki, like, because she she has this like, um, I'm a." you know, traumatized child yeah. vibe and I'm going to get revenge uh, for that. But I didn't get so much of like a, well, I'm a charming trickster sort of thing, uh, especially because she's like less She's more proficient. forceful. Yeah. She's more, she's just going to go in and like kick a bunch of guys. Whereas mm. uh, Loki is more like, I'm going to shapeshift and I'm going to telekinesis this thing over mm. here and like trick people. I, I do love how they played out though, where I think there, there's a little bit of fool in the audience where you think that she's brute forcing her way through all this. But by the end, you actually realize that she's been kind and nuanced, even though she didn't have to be. Like, uh, is it B20 is the first hunter that she captures? Or like, I think you C20, see the, but C20, yeah. C20. Uh, you get that really interesting scene where she's trying to get the information out of her. And she's bringing in the restaurant. In the restaurant. She's yeah. bringing you through like the, like the the flashbacks and like just put popping in a question. She keeps trying again, trying to do that. That was cool. And then you realize later, like, because it when it's happening, you're like, oh, this is so evil. This is so fucked. And you're like, she's messing with her brain because you've seen her. Uh, you've seen C20 wake up and she's like, I told her. And like, you see her be really addled and then she's dead uh, or she's gone because uh, what's her face? The evil. Yeah, pruned. She got pruned yeah, and you're like, oh shit. Slayer. Like, oh, things are so bad. But then you realize later, like, no, like Sylvia was helping her like unlock a true part of herself. And like, 
the idleness was just like her snapping to reality and like Sylvie wasn't even evil in the thing we thought she was being evil in. Yeah. She was being like her and trying to free people. Mm. I really like that turnaround. Yeah. I, I, I liked her characterization yeah. overall. Yeah. I think there were just, yeah, there were some points where I'm kind of like, I would have liked there to be a bit more moments where her and Loki'd maybe do the same thing or something. Yeah, or they like fair. or they have a moment where they realize they're like thinking the same way. But I mean they I do, both I, snort when they laugh. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 or something. Yeah, 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 there's not a lot of that. But at the same time, if they were, if it was too much of that, then we couldn't have the sort of like real relationship yeah. that they developed, which I think was like part yeah. of part of him realizing that uh, he needs to change or whatever is like looking at this other version of himself yeah. and realizing that there's a different way that he could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why? Which though? is a powerful idea. Wow. Why wow. though does it create a nexus event when they're on Lamentus One? It doesn't really make sense to me. Because they should all die. We were told that she's hiding in apocalypses because apocalypses because there's nothing you can do to change the outcome and everyone will die. So if that's the case, if they're on Lamentus One, that should hold true, and nothing they can do can make a branching event. But because it's it, the power of love. But it does create a branching event. They see it in the TVA, which actually does make the TVA intervene and does change the course of time. Yeah. yeah. However. The TVA are supposed to be outside of the flow of time. So can their actions make branching events? It's all very Wait, murky. Wait, what do you mean? The, the, the TVA creates... You're saying that the TVA creates a branching nexus because they react to the holding. Yeah, because... Oh, what? No, they right? Because they're holding hands, which creates a branch. Yeah. And that stimulates action on the part of the TVA. They arrive on the scene and they, they save them from dying on Lamentus, which does change the course of time. Yeah. But it's just kind of weird and circular... Well, yeah, because okay, if they so, just let them die, then it's like there would be no ne nexus event. The, the problem would be sorted. Do you so think this, that's what they would have done, or like, are you asked? Or I guess like, what's the what's yeah? The if question? the TVA doesn't intervene, there's then the they would then they would have died on Lamentus One, and there's no nexus event. So this is why I, this, oh. this this plays into uh, kind of feeds into a point I was going to make generally about like time stuff and how anytime you make a, a show or a movie, a story based around time travel and like timelines and things like that, it's always going to be stupid. Always messy, there, yeah. It's fun. It's fun, but it's always stupid because in order for any of this sort of like time manipulation stuff to make sense, there needs to be an, uh, like a supra time where all of the important stuff is actually happening because they're looking at this like readout of the sacred timeline. Right. And they're like, Oh, there's a branch popping up in 1945. Okay, we got to go prune that. Oh, there's a branch popping up in 2061. All right, we got to prune that. But in order for, like, in what time does those branching events occur? Because it doesn't, those branching events don't occur in the in the sacred timeline. They yeah. occur in the TVA time. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. And another thing that's weird is the uh, guy who remains. Um, <laughs> the guy. Like, he's saying that I, I was at, I lived in a past, or I lived in a reality where we just we discover time travel or whatever he says yeah, they discovered yeah. and I'm a scientist and then eventually I got so established and I created this thing and now I'm in control. And then once you take control, other versions of me will come later. It's like what's in the past? What do you mean? Like why would there be future versions of that same guy? Shouldn't he just be dead aeons ago? What do you mean? He well he like he, he he's got such advanced science that he made himself immortal. Well then shouldn't that. that be in the future? Compared to the like the twenty twenty one that well he was he was in the future he's from he he's said from like the thirty seventy yeah thirtieth century. century and so that okay so it just yeah. so happens that Loki and like the Avengers that we follow happen to be in like twenty twenty one yeah 
And yeah, that that might be as good as well, the no, year but when twenty one. But when they show up at the Citadel, that's at the end of time. He he. Okay, yeah. I didn't so, think that he made himself immortal. He just exists outside of time. Is what I understood. Like he didn't like well, change but, himself to be immortal. It's just that there is no time, so he's not like in the older. Citadel. There's no well, but there is time because a sequence of events occurs that that can't happen without time. It's a movie. No, well, you that, can't, like, well, that's how I explained yeah, it. Was that yeah. he's like, okay, he's a scientist from the 30th century. He's figured out immortality or sure. something. Yeah, you know? it doesn't really matter. Yeah, this yeah. is a, a, a detail. But then he was like, reincarnation, baby. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So does your consciousness reincarnate? Yeah. I was, what, what's that well, part that, of? That kind of reminds me of the moment. I thought this was like the most badass moment in the whole thing when uh, Sylvie and Loki are captured after like they they get saved and they're in front of the timekeepers and they're like, we're gonna kill you. And he's like. I've been killed plenty of times. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they fucking kill him. And the show does such a good job of like. Wait, imp- later imp- though. Well, then they don't kill him right away. Oh, yeah. And like, a, yeah, yeah. but a few scenes later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but by then Mobius had been. Yeah. Had been pruned. The, and like that was the, shocking. The, the way the show doles out that information where you just assume that that's erased from existence. They don't say it, uh, right. but it's kind of implied because the first time you see it, it's just a guy being st- like poked yeah. and then like Loki reacting. They look like they're disintegrating. Yeah, they're just disintegrating. Yeah. So you bring that with you and that the. the the show understands that you have that in your head. And so it is the most insane moment when Loki gets proved. Right. You're like, what? It was great. And then they they like step it back. It's like, oh, no, he just stepped into a different dimension. And like, he'll be able yeah. to get back. I didn't lose but- my mind because I already when they pruned Mobius, I was like, could they? Yeah. Could they have done See, that? So yeah. then when they killed, Fair. when they pruned Loki, I was like, okay, they're both alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When I, I was so sad when Mobius got pruned because I was like, oh, no, he's like my favorite part of yeah. the show. Yeah, but yeah, the moment Man, when he rocks up in that in that pizza can yeah. car and and he's like, "Get in!" That yeah. was amazing. I think I was like fist pumping the air. Yeah, I was yeah, like, that was yeah. Sick. That it's was a little sick. Deus Ex Machina, but it's it it works. It's fun. Yeah, how does he know? No, but that? you know he was there already, though. So. Yeah, but like the void is a huge place. Like, uh, yeah. is it though? Just, it just looks like a fucking backyard in Idaho or but something. But clearly they all <laughs> clearly they all spawned in the same yeah. uh, you know simulation. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of cool to have interaction between Mobius and Sylvie finally. No. And then when, when Loki and Mobius, uh, when they hug, okay, this is like a hit pick. Uh, but um, when, so in episode one, when when Loki is first captured and he's walking through the hallways with Mobius, and Loki is still like angry, I'm I want to be a ruler, Loki. He's like, I'm gonna burn this place to the ground, and and Mobius is like. Well, I'll take you to my desk. You can start there. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. And, then, and then in the end, they kind of call back to. I didn't even realize it was a callback uh, until I like rewatched some stuff. Uh, in the end, uh, Mobius is about to head back to the TVA from the void, and Loki's like, "What are you going to do with the TVA?" And uh, Mobius is like, "Burn it to the ground." Nice. Thanks for the spark. And I was like, "Ah, oh, damn!" And so then they hug. They hug, and then Mobius. It's like a nice moment. Yeah. And Mobius looks at Sylvie. He's like, you're my favorite. (laughs) 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 That's great. Like, they're just, I don't know. The writing is so good. So good. The writer was Michael Waldron, uh, who worked for Dan Harmon. He did some writing for Rick and Morty. Only on, like, one episode, I thought. Was it? He was, like, an intern. Yeah. I think he, like, was in the writer's room. Um, And apparently he worked on Harmon Quest as well. And he's also going to be writing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm pumped by that. Yeah. If... That movie goes in this direction, but is like weirder because Sam Raimi is directing it. Like, take me there. Right. Is Sam Raimi directing it? Yeah. Oh, oh my heck god. Yeah. This okay, is interesting. Like, that's what I'm mad about. Is like I I want to be sick of Marvel movies, but they yeah. keep just changing it enough that I'm like I'm it's so excited. You know what you're gonna be eventually pissed off about is the perception of Marvel movies. That's mm. what's gonna get you eventually. You're gonna be like no. No, mainstream. it's really good, and everyone's like, good. oh, it's stupid action movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's already there, and it's like. No, these are like 
they're not just superhero movies. They're excellent fantasy films. Yeah. Like, they're the best fantasy movies we're fucking getting these That's days. That's what I'm trying to tell my wife, because she likes sci-fi a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she just doesn't like, look how hard I can punch. So, like, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, like, yeah, you can punch that hard? Like, even in this show, it's like, why did they have to have a fight right there? Like, she couldn't have yeah, just... Yeah, at the end. ...asked or... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really like a love-hate thing with the Marvel movies. Mm. Like the, I, There I, just has to be. I think it just makes the stakes higher when yeah. people yeah. are fighting. I just, I just had kind of like an argument with my brother because he was like... We were talking about the Martin Scorsese's uh, comments, actually, yeah. who were like, who said these movies are theme park rides. You know, they're yeah, not that guy's cinema. Just, that guy's just salty. Uh, he is, yeah. but at the same time, he's right. You know, they are theme park rides, but at the same time, I think that like, they started as theme park rides and now we've been, we've had them for 10 years and now what we're seeing is Marvel is actually like this base that they've established with the public. They're using that as a yeah. springboard to make these like more experimental, more character driven, deep stories and I'm like, cool, this is like the develop, it's like a new art form yeah. and he was right. He called it a new art form. Yeah. He's like, it's not cinema, it's this other thing. Yep. But now it's developing, and so it's going to be it's You know what I say to you, Scorsese? Thing, yeah. What? Scores. If they're theme park rides, you know what the Irishman is? <laughs> a, a ride where you just stay yeah. in line. <laughs> yeah, it's the, li it's it's the, the line to the bathroom. It's the, the lineup ride. It's a <laughs> really Cuban, long yeah. line. It's, it's like, yeah. that's, you remember that South Park episode? They get through, they wait in line forever and they oh, get through it. Yeah. They're like, thanks for experiencing the lineup ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, like, I like a lot of Scorsese I think, like, they're... One of, I think the shows are kind of more conceptually interesting than the movies have been, especially mm. WandaVision uh, and Loki. I think WandaVision is still the most interesting conceptually. Uh, having it be like so meta is very cool. Right. But uh, I think in terms of execution and characters, Loki more than makes up for it and is probably the best of the TV shows. What oh, the hell yeah. is going to happen in season two? I don't oh, know. Well, they, they set up the multiverse. I mean, like literally. But I think that's uh, going to go into Doctor Strange. It, it will. Yeah. But then like. Yeah, it could be know. anything. Yeah. It could it could literally be anything. I mean, the it's not like they boxed themselves into a corner. They yeah. literally like opened the box up. Yeah. So, did, do we have any information about when the seasons two of each of these shows are coming? Is yeah. it is? Do you think mm -hmm. it's going to be like? Well, so far it's only Loki that's getting a season two. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, it's dumb because I definitely think there should be a Captain America season two. I think they're they're you mean writing Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're, they're writing Captain well, America. Captain America now. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, spoilers. Is that a spoiler? She's uh, too late. It's shit. on the internet. There's nothing as safe. If you've seen Loki stuff. all the way through, and oh, yeah. we didn't give a spoiler alert at the beginning of this. Whoopsies. Yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier's cool. The the but yeah, it's not conceptually as interesting. It's like it's good Marvel, but it's uh, it's not doing the interesting thing that I think the other two shows are doing. I mean, I, female directors. I, like, that's I, why I do Maybe. love. I do, we didn't do an episode on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but like, I what I loved about Loki, I also loved about that show where we were getting a deep dive into these characters mm -hmm. that had mostly been side characters. Yeah. Um, I feel like we talked about this Bucky, like the Bucky thing. He's so great, but but he he was not really explored in the movies, and then in the show, I'm like, who is this guy? Like. We're, we're going through this whole process of, okay, he was frozen for a while or he was like out of it for yeah. many, many decades. Like, who is Bucky? I want to know more. And who is Sam? Yeah. Uh, other than like preachy guy at the, in the last episode. What is with the last episodes? These TV yeah. shows, they screw up like the whole time. I don't know. Did you guys, were you sitting through the last episode of Loki and you're just like, this is great. It's not as bad as the Captain. Uh, the no, Captain no, 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 no. That no. one is the worst of the three finales. But you're right. It's like, the the things that are happening leading up to the ending are so cool and you're like how are they going to end this and then they yeah. kind of just do and you're like I, okay i'm pretty sure that they repeated in the last episode of loki i'm pretty sure they repeated the same exposition 
multiple times. Like the same. What do you mean? The same like. I was a scientist, and there's variants of me, <laughs> and you can either kill me or take my job. Oh yeah, that, you can that kill went me. on forever. You can kill yeah, me and fair. another multiverse or, multiverse or war, or you can take my thing and blah blah blah. And then they they say that I'm pretty sure they say it three I, times. They did. I, I wonder, agree with you. I wonder if they just uh, put it in front of a test audience, and p- at the end of it, people are like, "I didn't really understand what happened," <laughs> so they had to like. Yeah. Get a bunch of fucking versions yeah. in. No to that yeah, dump. all the comic yeah. book people are like, yeah, yeah, Multiverse of War. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. tracking with you. Yeah. <laughs> and when else by like, the end, what the where, where Loki's character ended, and I just thought, I can't conceive of season two. Like, what the? I don't want to be in that writer's room. What are they going to do? What are you talking about? The first episode basically writes itself. You're like, he's in an alternate version of the TVA. There's Mobius and Hunter B-15 there, but they, they don't remember, remember who Loki him. is. Loki's trying to explain to them what the hell's going on. He has to get them to acknowledge that they're in a multiverse. Maybe they already know they're in a multiverse and they have different goals. There's like so many things you can go with. And then what's Sylvie going to do? Is she now thinking that she's the dictator of the universe? Maybe she is. Maybe she's, she's she who remains. Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And he's got a redeemer, buddy. Yeah. Whew. Could be good. Wow. I'm, I think that's I'm, what's going to happen, actually. I'm like fired. Sylvie. Thanks, yeah. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys I next talk time. About, I think one of my favorite moments in the entire series, which is when Sylvie and B-15 are having their conversation in the rain in mm. front of the, the store. It's such a simple scene like this, like not much happens, but she mm. just is there to convince her that like the TVA is has taken you. Right. And she shows her and she's just like, I looked so or like she looks so happy. I, I looked happy. I looked happy. And I, like and it's in the rain and it looks like she's kind of crying. It's a and long it's shot. Tears is like, like, yeah, it's tears lost in the rain. And <laughs> it, I, I, I don't know what it was, but it felt so powerful to me. Yeah. Like, my heart was really. I think part of that, that is scene. because. You know, you understand the gravity of it conceptually, and she's just been such a hard ass the whole show. Yeah. yeah. So for her to say, "I look happy," we've never seen her be happy. Right. So that just ups the contrast. Yeah. Of like what the TV is, or, or what the yeah. He Who Remains has done to her. Yeah. Which is cool. That actually was the one scene in the whole show I thought, ah, oh, they saved some money there. Yeah. Because they didn't show, they didn't go into her mind and yeah. show that life at all. It just stayed sure. on her face yeah. while she remembered yeah. it. It's like, okay, they didn't shoot. They any. could have done a really cool, powerful like. Ten, one minute like jumping through her life and showing it but just yeah a few, save some money I feel like I yeah I feel like it's better just to let me imagine it sometimes they did that for me fair enough yeah. for you yeah do you know I think is one of my least favorite things in the show is uh Ravana the oh, head of the TVA R- I, Judge, Renslayer? Judge Renslayer Renslayer yeah, yeah Ravana Renslayer Ravana yeah Ravana I just didn't find I connected with like what she was doing in a real way like mm. I, I, I I guess I understood conceptually like okay she's like trying to keep the order like she's kind of the the agent and like I understood her role certainly but I just like couldn't connect with her motivation and I felt like it was just kind of silly yeah you're like you've got new information but you're just no not, we have to keep doing it this way you're not gonna yeah like well, adapt think, it in the face of the new information yeah. just because that's what an adversary does like <laughs> do what I've been doing but do it harder yeah. I mean like, if to go back to like the religion analogy I feel like those people exist like the people who learn yeah, you that something's down. messed up and yeah. but they're like but wait there's something worth saving here but if if you saw like God came to you and you like you talked to God a bunch of times and then like fucking Thor comes in and chops his head off. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Okay, the but that's fuck? but that's not exactly what happened, right? She the she t- knows that there's still somebody behind oh, uh, the yeah, TVA. That's fair. That's fair. And while Sylvie and Loki also know that as well, and they're going to confront him, but Judge Renslayer wants well, she also wants the same thing. She wants to confront him as well, but it's just that Sylvie and Loki and Mobius, I guess, at this point as well, are like, we're gonna burn the whole thing down. Renslayer is like, I'm going to confront him, but there we still need order. Yeah. Like, she is a she's, judge. She's basically just, it's instead of waiting until they are in front of he who remains and being posed this question of what should you do, A or B, yeah. she just already knows she's doing B. Yeah. Right. I, well, 
I mean, I can see a scenario in which she confronts uh, he who remains or whoever it is in her mind, and she's like, oh, okay, this is not what I thought it was. I'm changing tack, and I'm going to do this other thing, or I'm going to take control, or something. like someone needs to take control. But I think she's just kind of like not passing judgment at the, like she's like, okay, we got to retain order for now. Things are a little messed up right now. Everyone just calm down. We're gonna prune you if you ha- if we have to if you're gonna be out of line, but we gotta figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Especially as she's the person who interfaces with the timekeepers. Right. And from her perspective, she's probably like, "Yeah, I'll just get these variants under control. I'll go up the elevator. Well, I'll and, find out." And also, she appears to be basically the head of the TVA among the TVA agents, so she's not giving up her power position yeah. there, right? You know, super easily. Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. What was, about her? That was fun. I want. I just want to talk a little bit more. About okay. Her. I think for me, a big element of why it's not doesn't work is her chemistry with Owen Wilson. Like, it doesn't feel like they have a real past. Mm. Like, they they talk about like their history and all these stuff. And they're like, haha, remember that mission, the rollerblade, haha. Um, <laughs> the roller. <laughs> and it's like, remember when that, we had that's to chase like, that guy on rollerblades? Could work, but I, I just found her and Owen Wilson just like did not meet on an energy level. Mm. And I mean, because Owen Wilson uh, and then the two Lokis are so intermingled and then she just feels like she's an outsider but not in like the like she's the villain fighting them she just like doesn't feel like she's on the same wavelength as everybody in terms of acting do you think part of it was that she seems are you saying this is performance wise or what's what's on the page i think it's more performance yeah Mm. i would agree i think the writing kind of like i I felt that tension because i think the writing is there and the writing almost got me to a place where i'm like oh i believe that they've had misadventures together and they've like Mm -hmm. worked together for a long time but I think one of the things that, yeah, didn't quite get me there was uh, their chemistry together. Not necessarily that like Owen Wilson's performance or her performance was not as great, but I think that there was something about the mismatch between them. Yeah. I think that maybe him being like looking is, older than is her. It the age yeah, difference? yeah. I was thinking that she too. seems she seems like what thirties, yeah, maybe forty, yeah, and he's, he's like almost fifty, yeah. And so I'm like. I don't know. I don't believe so much that they are like contemporaries or that she like she's in a superior position yeah. to him. So I would if if, if it was that's like an your older own prejudice, dude. Could maybe. Be, could and be. I mean like that's, and they're supposed to be like eternal beings. Yeah. Sort of. So like he's 52, by the way. 52. Nice. If yeah, I thought he was like, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Um, So I think if it was an older woman, I, I wouldn't have felt that way as I much. But it's hard. It's wow. one of those like subconscious. What? things. That's not ageist. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> I think. No, it's one of those subconscious things where it's like your brain just like a CG that's good, but is an unbelievable situation. An Valley. It's just your brain is like that person's younger than him, and like the the CG. This, I'm just comparing. It's not Uncanny Valley. The metaphor. The metaphor. Oh. Metaphor dog. Oh, you're uh, oh you're saying the uh, difference between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah because okay. she's younger. My brain, even though like the writing is there, and maybe the performance is there. The my brain is just like nope. Right. I can't accept it. And I feel like that's something that a lot of guys. Just to clarify, that was a simile. Simile. Thank metaphor. you, Mr. Mr. Righty Man. Uh, and analogy. <laughs> Wait. It's only simile if he said it's like this. I he said did. like. Okay. I did say it. I didn't hear the like. You're right. So. You're right. Um, I feel grade. like that's a problem with that <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> I feel like that's a problem that a lot of uh, producers of these sort of like sci-fi, fantasy, Marvel-y type stuff often overlook, where it's like, if you make it easier for the audience to accept something, it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Like... The more work that someone has to do in order to convince themselves of something, like the more suspend, the more that someone has to suspend their disbelief, the the easier, oh, sorry, the the harder it's going to be for them to accept it. Yeah. And I just like that we should these things should try to 
make us suspend our disbelief, yeah. make it easy for us to dis- suspend our disbelief. Instead of being like, hey, this crazy cosmic god character, it's going to be just kind of a quirky guy. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I want, I, I, I don't know what I was expecting because I'm not the creative director for the show, yeah. but I was expecting something that would inspire a little bit of awe. Well, and I think I think I'm okay with the undercutting. Morgan long- Freeman is what you wanted. Yeah, nah. that's a little cliche because yeah. he literally played God. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're Bruce saying. Almighty. I like when they try, like they take a shot for the weird, but they have to also have the dimension of like engaging my emotion. And yeah. if it's just a conceptual thing, it doesn't necessarily work. And it's like, it, you're right, conceptually, her age is fine or like him being a quirky is fine. But then you need to like really feel like he's a fucking interdimensional being with yeah. like eons of experience. Like I don't get that sense. And maybe, maybe it was a good move of theirs to kind of pull back and not give us that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it was smart of them to be like, we're going to hold that for season two. Cause now you want to see season two. You want to see some more mind bending stuff. You're going to go see Dr. Strange in the multiverse. Sure of Madness. Fucking am. For sure. But like, man, I really, When's that coming out next year, March. I was really, uh, I was really excited by the idea of like Loki and his alternate version of himself heading to the end of time to kill God. Like I was like, hell yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting idea. And then it's just kind of like, I'm just a guy in a house. You can kill me or you can not. (laughs) It's up to you. Yeah. Um, Apparently there was a originally going to be a fight sequence with Miss Minutes at the Citadel. (laughs) Like she was going to be fighting them. Yeah, so she like, like takes her 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 ar- or hour and minute arms and uses them as yeah, blades. or she's like, like a hologram. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is that I feel like there's some. That's why I wanted to talk about her because I feel like there's some allusions to her being more than just like the computer system at For the sure. TVA. Like she is there at the Citadel at the end of time, standing between Loki and Sylvie before they get to He Who Remains. Is maybe Miss Minutes has even more power than than. Uh, I think his name's Nathaniel Richards. King, whatever. Maybe Alexa has more power than me. Exactly, but (laughs) but it's not, she's not Alexa. I think there are times, like, they want, they purposely, seemingly, set it up that she's just, like, the assistant in in the computer system. But then later, she plays more and more of a role. She's withholding information from Renslayer. Yep. Because, like, Renslayer's like, give me all the information on the timekeepers. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll get that for you. (laughs) She's, like, stalling. She's, like, an intelligent being. So I'm like, maybe Miss, Miss Minutes is something more connected into the, like, the space-time fabric oh, can you imagine? of reality. Oh, and that's the person that Thanos is trying to impress? <laughs> yeah, It's not Lady Death. Death. No, yeah, yeah it's, it's Lady Miss Time. Minutes. Miss have you, Minutes. Have you seen her figure? Literal non-hourglass figure. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, she's got the chunk. Yeah. You can go for hours. <laughs> she's got the chunky badonk. <laughs> weird. Very, <laughs> not good. Okay. Um, are we into hit picks and nitpicks? Or yeah, sure. Um... So the reset charges. Elioth is made of a purple gas. And guess what the reset charges fill with before they're going to prune the timeline? Purple gas. And that was an interesting... Oh, shit. That's an interesting connection because, well, I mean, he who remains says he used Elioth because he... What was Elioth supposed to be? Elioth is like a phenomenon that just emerged. Yeah, it's like a manifestation of all the chaos chaos that happened from the multiversal uh, pruning and the timelines and the war and stuff. So... Uh, yeah, like they somehow harness Elioth's energy and use that to prune the timelines. That was an interesting little detail. That's really cool. That's cool. That. That's one of those things that seems subtle and genius, but if you're actually making the show, it's kind of like inevitable, I think. Yeah. Right. You'd be like, well, we have to design what this looks like. Oh, yeah. But we have yeah. that, so it yeah. must be. I think I love seeing things like that because it shows that Marvel is actually paying attention and caring about the consistency and like how these things fit into a larger world. Because oh. it would be super easy for, I feel like I see this a lot with these kind of sci-fi fantasy things where they're just like, 
a, a crazy mysterious thing in the beginning and we don't really see it ever again and we don't really know like well, wait a second what about that ah don't think about it we're at the climax now but i think that stuff like this that makes it better to watch again not that i'm going to watch it again because i don't do that yeah i feel like marvel is their workflow is more purposeful i don't think they're yeah. going to sign off on shit unless it's like yeah we know where this is going yeah, right. yeah. although actually i think i heard contrary to that i've heard a couple podcasts with the creator of wandavision i forget her name the shows seem kind of more one-offy where it's less like they have i think a a place where they start and a place where they're ending, but it feels like they're kind of more just like you do your thing. We'll kind of oversee it. I just want to say before we get off too hard off the topic, anyone else's purple smoke is Agatha from WandaVision. Oh. You, know, you know what? And in that same vein, I was going to ask you guys if you thought the final two episodes felt kind of like carpet pulley, rug pulley. Just like, you know, when you're watching WandaVision, the show was all one way until the final two episodes. Like, no, it's Agatha Harkness. And it's like, yeah, it's way different than I the rest of the that. show. I almost felt like that with this show where... It's all been going one way, and then now they're just like running around with these different variants that are silly. And now this Alaya thing is a big deal. Oh, really? And there, there's all these characters we've never met before. And oh, I, I found the I novel, the novelty of it was so funny, kind of trying to figure it out. And that, like, I really felt uh, like classic Loki. His his like mini arc within that episode, like when he like th- sacrifices himself to bring back Asgard yeah. as a redemption for just like running away when Thanos was going to kill him. Right. Like I I really felt that. I thought kid that kid kid Loki was funny and was I was like fun. it was yeah. sick that he's like they're like and it's every Loki thinks they're the best Loki. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. the only one that killed Thor. Right. And like, yep. And I love the huge undercut of President Loki because it's like the first like Loki <laughs> alternate that's been Tom Hiddleston. So you're like right. this one's going to be important. He was in like promo material. Yeah. You're like he's going to be a big deal. And then his hand gets just fucking bit off and then <laughs> that they was the best. fight. And you're like, what? That was so good. Yeah. I, I love the alternate Lokis. Richard E. Grant, they're like bringing him in. That's who plays yeah, classic, uh, classic Loki. Loki. Love that. He's just like has gravitas. Yeah. Is he called that because that's like the comic book costume? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that he was like old too. Like yeah. it wasn't like well, he's been. He yeah. looks like mystery men. Yeah, yeah. Totally. well, because like he's having, he, he's wearing this like old style costume, so he was like an old character. I don't know. I thought yeah. that was fun. Um, and then when they all betray each other, I was yeah. like, this is uh, so like, Loki. Well, that's perfect. Crocodile stuff. Loki yeah. was actually good comic relief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stuff like yeah. stuff like that where they're betraying each other. It, it it's really great because it works with the character. It's yeah. like consistent with the character, and because it's something that we can laugh along with and get. Yeah. We're like, ah, nice. And it also is where it's nice as like a signpost for how like our Loki is doing where he's just like, oh, my God, this is so yeah. stupid. And he's yeah. like fucking trying to he's get realizing out of there. Yeah. I love all of these little moments that happen yeah. that make him reflect on his yeah. own nature. Totally. Introspection. Introspection. Um, I was going to say that the thing you're talking about with Agatha Harkness, mm. to me, the mirror for that is real or, or learning that um, uh, he who remains has been pulling the strings all the time, all the long, because it's like. Uh, it was he who it's a reveal but it's not it's like it's a new character when we got after the timekeeper's heads were chopped off I was trying to figure out like well they're probably it's probably someone we've met who's in charge of this whole thing they're probably not gonna just be like this guy you've never seen before but that's what they did he should have been a hunter or something and like but weird and like you don't know what's going on or he should have been dude that guy who works at yes. the, cl- the desk yes. clerk, dude. Yeah, it should have oh been my him. God. Oh, that would have been, so been so much better. Also, I love that actor. He was funny. Oh, yeah. I don't have him Eugene right here. Eugene something? He was in um, The Good Place, too. Yeah, he's, he's Eugene funny. Eugene something. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to call him Because at least with Ag- Agatha Harkness, she was in the show all yeah. along. And when you look back, you're like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see it. Uh, um, yeah, but what this, I was going to say so is that... It's so Deus Yeah, it's not... Sorry, it's not the fact that we find out who he remains is. It's the fact that 
instead of the timekeepers, it's he who remains. Yeah. That's not a twist, you know? And it, it's played as a twist, no, which is just annoying. Because all it is is yeah. instead of them being aliens, it's a guy. Yeah. 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 Fair. But that's totally and, that, fair. and that feels kind of the same as the Agatha Harkness thing because it's like, oh, instead of this being this, it was this the whole time. And you're revealing it in the last episode. And that, like, it, there's no, yeah. there's nothing for that to be paying off of. There wasn't a setup. For that to be a payoff for yeah. what it's yeah in WandaVision I think it was especially undercutting because it's like instead of it's instead of this illusion being born out of her grief and her becoming a villain out of her own like pain it's like oh no no there was an evil witch that was controlling yeah. the whole thing yeah it, and it feels just undercuts contrived. how big how yeah it undercuts the gravitas and in this case it's just yeah it's the same thing but it undercuts the crazy moment that happened before because it's like oh that meant nothing right Eugene Cordero Eugene Cordero look him up he's funny um. Okay. I want to mention one random hit pick. Yeah, go. That's cool. I think the music's really good in this show. I think that it, it does a really good job kind of going between sci-fi and kind of more Norse-sounding mythology yeah. music. But there's something that they do that's super cool. I read it on Wikipedia. I thought it was just so, so neat. They withhold instruments so that, like, as it's going, it's getting more and more epic. And the, the only time there's a choir is in the last two episodes so that mm. there's, like, this elevation, kind of this operatic elevation to what's going on. And it helps make the whole thing feel more epic. And I'm like... That's a smart choice. Is that hit, that's a hit pick? Is that in the general in the show or in like the theme sh- song? Or I feel like I the, the whole hear- score. It's they, they oh, add okay. a, they add choir for the last two episodes. I feel like I remember hearing because the the theme song is so cool. It's like it's like spooky Stranger yeah. Things vibes almost. Yeah. It's like and um, I was almost like disappointed because based on the title sequence that comes up, I'm kind of like this feels like they made this when they were going to go for more of like a Stranger Things spooky, yeah, eerie type yeah, of thing. Yeah. But instead they went full on comic book multiverse. Yes. Like yeah. you see behind the curtain and everything. Um, and I'm I'm not sure. Like maybe I would have liked to see like Stranger Things featuring Loki. <laughs> Do you think there's like a tonal mismatch? Yeah, a little the... bit of a tonal okay. mismatch. Because like it's like we were talking about like it's sort of like the in the game in the video game control where there's this bureaucracy and there's this juxtaposition of the cosmic with the mundane and i would have liked maybe a little bit more mystery there uh before we fully pulled the curtain back and maybe yeah, that doesn't make any sense i'm only just talking about the title sequence like the show this has no bearing on the <laughs> yeah, show at all it's just sequence. that the title sequence gives me a certain vibe and the show gives me That's a different fair. vibe i like i the, like both of the vibes i like but. the plus 10 seconds on disney plus because yep. i man that marvel title sequence is like 27 seconds long yeah well it's weird the last one too where it's like it's instead long. of the music it's like the the quotes that was cool i what was up it? with it what, i don't know what are they saying like, with that i'm not sure well, I had the subtitles on. It was like stuff from... No, 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 but I know. what are they saying? What's the point not of that a, Not as much each character saying. Oh. Why did they do it? Um, Is it to... No, wait. Are you talking about... What episode was that? The final one. The final one where they like are going through space and all these black holes and stuff. Is and that like what it was tied to? It was like... Is that... They were zooming through space and all of life? Is yeah. That... So it was okay. like... Okay. The quotes were from, were from Marvel movies and from real life figures. Like there was like Martin Luther King in there and like these historical Mandela. figures. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, That's cool. I don't know. I feel like they were trying to maybe show that, like, okay, this is the totality of human experience, and now it's kind of like we're at the end of time. Boom. It's already all happened, and it's over. I don't know. This isn't a hit pick, but it's a piece of trivia. <laughs> Give it to me. What? I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like you were going to say something. Uh, you know, like, these these actors will, like, read the comics or whatever, or, like, try to, like, dig into their character and find out who they are. Owen Wilson didn't want to do that, so he said... 
you know what, Tom Hiddleston, you explain the Marvel Cinematic Universe to me. So he made <laughs> he made Tom Hiddleston sit down and like explain it to him in person, yeah. and that's the research that he did. That's I hilarious. mean, he probably did a bit more, but yeah. like, but that's that the story. A, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so. And good. I love that's like seems like such an Owen Wilson but it's, thing to do. It's also like I don't know if this was intentional, but it's like you could explain it as a really good character choice where it's like. He is an outsider and it needs like he's not part of the universe. Right. He's just outside and it's kind of explained he just to gets, him. He gets the rule book, the yeah. handbook. Yeah. And, yeah. Reads and it. Owen Wilson doesn't strike me as like a comic fan. He seems like more of kind of a hippy dippy sort yeah. of. He could. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this is a good gig. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So wait, they're going through time. OK. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I got nothing more to say. Me either. That's it. It's a good it's, show. It's, it's they're good, good shows, Brent. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite moments from the show is when. Uh, Mobius and Loki are arguing and then I forget what they're all talking about but there's a mic drop from Loki where he's like I mean the lies you tell yourself that was, oh, yeah. that was dope that was I don't good. remember that I forget the context sorry everyone alright <laughs> tweet at us at Carpool Critics and email us hello at carpoolcritics.ca but that'll be a different email all that's gonna change enough. once we get our new name which is gonna be so cool and you're gonna love oh I forgot to say Lee was D.B. Cooper Loki was D.B. Cooper that was cool what's that mean D.B. Cooper, the guy that hijacked the plane and uh, stole oh, a bunch yeah! of money and then parachuted out. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Who is that? So D.B. Yeah, he was a, he was a real character. He, he like a real human, human. Yeah. real person. He held up something for ransom and he made off with like the modern day equivalent of like a million dollars. And then he hijacked a plane and like a like a passenger plane, like a big old one. And then in the and he took four parachutes with him and jumped out of the plane mid flight uh, somewhere over like the Midwest. And never seen from again. He took the money with him. And they're like, they've been searching for, uh, this is like in the 60s. Yep. That is so never badass. Found I've never it. heard of this. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't get the reference. I was like, what the fuck was that yeah. scene? So, they're, I really so that. then that, that scene where Owen Wilson was like, you were D.B. Cooper. <laughs> like, oh. it was it was great. Yeah. You're and then pretty he, good Owen Wilson. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't worked on it. Pretty good. I feel like I'm doing okay. Wow. Thanks, David. James won't give me the compliment. Well, I'm just envious. I think with a little time, I could do it too. I'm sure you could. I think you could. I think anyone. But now could. you're a triple dad, so there is no time. There's yeah, no time for time. What is time? time? No, I could be like Riley's dad. He had four kids and made time to do no. voices. That's you true. You only talk to them in voices. Mm, Riley's never heard his dad's too. authentic voice. In fact, some say, some say Colin Murdoch doesn't even have an authentic. No, voice. you know what's funny He's is lost. that like one of my brothers, Barrett, you've you've met him. He uh, was oftentimes accused of not having a normal voice because he was always doing like uh, sort of an anchorman sort of voice. Oh, yeah, that's true. He does. Yeah. So people are like, what's your real voice? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean my real voice? He's yeah. like, what do you mean my real voice? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the end. That's it. Bye. See you later. Thank you.